听，鸟儿的欢鸣，溪水的婉转。听，爱与恨，悲与喜，苦与乐，得与失。听，跳跃的文字，灵动的声音。You're listening to Morse Read。欢迎您收听轻松调频美文阅读 Morse Read。我是沈听，让我们在这里一起听美文、学英语。More to read， 用文字抒发感情，用文字诉说故事，用文字穿越古今。Daily quote。Life cannot be understood without much charity. Cannot be lived without much charity. Oscar Wilde， 没有好心好意是不会了解生活的，没有好心好意，甚至不可能生活。奥斯卡·王尔德。奥斯卡·王尔德出生于1854年 ，1900 年去世，英国唯美主义艺术运动的倡导者。英国著名的作家、诗人、戏剧家、艺术家和童话家，是19世纪与肖伯纳齐名的英国才子。王尔德一生中只写过九篇童话，但每一篇都是精华。他的童话作品可以与安徒生童话和格林童话相媲美。童话集有《快乐王子》和其他故事，《石榴屋》。最著名的童话是《巨人的花园》《快乐王子》《夜莺与玫瑰》等。在王尔德的墓碑上，他被誉为才子和戏剧家。不过，评论家认为最能够体现王尔德才华的，不是童话，也不是短篇小说，而是道连格雷的画像等长篇小说，以及温德米尔夫人的扇子、莎乐美等戏剧作品。其戏剧作品堪称一时之绝唱。那么，我们今天听到的这句话呢，就出自王尔德的戏剧作品《理想丈夫》。An ideal husband. 这是他自认为最好的剧本。整部剧短小精悍而不失戏剧性，情节跌宕转折，对话机智俏皮，以一种风趣的方式对当时的社会道德进行了揶揄。剧情讲述外交部次长罗伯特·齐藤爵士在自己家举办的一场社交宴会上，受到了一个神秘女子车维莱太太的要挟。因为他掌握了齐藤爵士过去的秘密，一封可以作为犯罪证据的书信。如果齐藤爵士不答应他的条件，他就将他昔日的罪证公之于众。这不仅意味着齐藤爵士上升中的政治生涯将被毁掉，他美满的婚姻也受到了威胁。这位理想丈夫在妻子眼里的形象将完全被摧毁。剧情曲折多变，人物命运绝处逢生。故事十分的精彩耐看。Life cannot be understood without much charity. Cannot be lived without much charity. Oscar Wilde. 没有好心好意是不会了解生活的，没有好心好意。甚至不可能生活。奥斯卡·王尔德
心扉，慢慢品味。Poem of the day。Snowflakes, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Out of the bosom of the air, out of the cloud folds of her garments shaken, over the woodlands brown and bare, over the harvest fields forsaken, silent and soft and slow, descends the snow. Even as our cloudy fancies take. Suddenly, shape in some divine expression. Even as the troubled heart doth make, in the white countenance confession, the troubled sky reveals the grief it feels. This is the poem of the air, slowly in silent syllables recorded. This is the secret of despair. Long in its cloudy bosom hoarded, now whispered and revealed to wood and field. Snowflakes. 在收获后的荒弃田地，在光秃的褐色林区上空，无声轻柔而徐徐飘落下纷纷雪雨，就如模糊的奇思，骤然结成神妙的形象，就如内心的不安显现在那苍白的面上，阴沉的天空。露出他感受到的悲楚。这是首写天空的诗章，用无声的徐缓音节谱就。这是绝望的隐秘，就藏在他阴郁的心头。现正向林木低诉，和对着旷野倾吐。刚才听到的诗歌出自美国诗人亨利·沃兹沃斯·朗费罗。诗歌的题目是《Snowflakes》，雪花。英文版本由 Mark Griffiths 为您朗读，中文版本由南海之声的主持人周薇为您朗诵，由苟希全翻译。亨利·沃兹沃斯·朗费罗出生于1807年 ，1882 年去世，美国诗人、翻译家。他以一本诗集《夜籁》一举成名。奠定了他在诗坛上的地位。在他辞世之际，全世界的人都视他为美国最伟大的诗人。他在英格兰的声誉与丁尼生并驾齐驱，人们将他的半身像安放在威斯敏斯特教堂的诗人角。在美国作家中，他是第一个获此殊荣的人。
。朗费罗最重要的贡献之一是拉近了美国文化萌芽与历史悠久的欧洲文化之间的距离。他翻译的德国、意大利、斯堪的纳维亚国家的文学作品，都表现出他的诗歌特有的直率和真诚，吸引了众多的美国读者。朗费罗受欧洲传统艺术和浪漫主义的影响，主张为人生而艺术。他的诗音韵优美，雅俗共赏，具有温和的民主主义者和人道主义者的思想倾向。他还与爱默生、梭罗等人一起创造出群星璀璨的新英格兰文学，对19世纪的美国文艺复兴运动做出了积极的贡献。Snowflakes, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Out of the bosom of the air, out of the cloud folds of her garments shaken, over the woodlands brown and bare, over the harvest fields forsaken, silent and soft and slow, descends the snow. Even as our cloudy fancies take. Suddenly, shape in some divine expression. Even as the troubled heart doth make, in the white countenance confession, the troubled sky reveals the grief it feels. This is the poem of the air, slowly in silent syllables recorded. This is the secret of despair. Long in its cloudy bosom hoarded, now whispered and revealed to wood and field. More to read. 文字的世界，用心用心聆听。Beauty of words. 美国作家罗素·贝克出身贫寒。曾寄人篱下，长大后成为了一名新闻工作者、幽默作家以及《纽约时报》的专栏撰稿人，可谓事业有成。他的成功在于苦干、自律和不断的追求。那么，我们接下来要读到的文章就节选自罗素·贝克所写的《The Roots of My Ambition》，我的自强之源。英文版本由我的同事莱明为您朗读，中文版本。由袁光荣翻译。The roots of my ambition, by Russell Baker. 我的自强之源，罗素贝克。My mother, dead now to this world, but still roaming free in my mind, wakes me some mornings before daybreak. If there's one thing I can't stand, it's a quitter. I have heard her say that all my life. Now, lying in bed, coming awake in the dark, I feel the fury of her energy fighting the good-for-nothing idler within me who wants to go back to sleep instead of tackling the brave new day. Silently, I protest. I'm not a child anymore. I made something of myself. I'm entitled to sleep late. Russell, you've got no more gumption than a bump on the log. 
She has hounded me with these battle cries since I was a boy in short pants. Make something of yourself. Have a little ambition, buddy. 我母亲现已离开人世，但仍时时浮现在我心中。有时早晨天还未亮，她就把我唤醒。如果有什么东西我不能容忍，那就是畏难而退的人。我一生不断听到她说这句话。现在躺在床上，在黑暗中慢慢醒来。想重回梦乡，而不愿奋勇面对崭新的一天，我感觉到了他气冲冲的奋力与我体内那个没出息的懒汉做斗争。我默默的抗议，我不再是个孩子了，我已经小有成就，我有资格睡会懒觉。罗素，你一点进取心也没有，简直和一个二流子没两样。他用这些话激励我前进。从我还是个穿短裤的孩子时就开始了。你要干出些成就来，要有点志气，孩子。The civilized man of the world within me scoffs at materialism and strives after success. He has read to the philosophers and social critics. He thinks is vulgar and unworthy to spend one's life pursuing money, power, fame, and. Sometimes you act like you're not worth the powder and shot it would take to blow you up with. Life had been hard for my mother ever since her father died, leaving nothing but debts. The family house was lost, the children scattered. My mother's mother, fatally ill with tubercular infection, fell into a suicidal depression and was institutionalized. My mother, who had just started college, Had to quit and look for work. Then, after five years of marriage and three babies, her husband died in 1930, leaving my mother so poor that she had to give up her baby Audrey for adoption. Maybe the bravest thing she did was give up Audrey, only ten months old, to my uncle Tom and Aunt Goldie. Uncle Tom, one of my father's brothers, had a good job with railway and could give Audrey a comfortable life. My mother headed off for New Jersey with my other sister and me to take shelter with her brother Alan, poor relatives dependent on his goodness. She eventually found work patching grocers' smocks at ten dollars a week in a laundry. 在我的内心世界里，那个老于世故而且有教养的家伙，嘲笑实力主义和孜孜不倦追求成功者。他读过当今哲学家和社会评论家的书。认为把一生花在追求金钱、权势和名声上是庸俗而且无价值的。就在这时，我听到，有时你的表现简直让人觉得连拿子弹把你毙掉都嫌浪费。自外祖父死后，母亲的日子一直过得很艰难，她除债务外什么也没留下，祖宅失去了，儿女东奔西散。外祖母染上了致命的肺病，情绪颓废，一心要自杀，被送进了疯人院。母亲那时刚进大学，不得不辍学找工作。然后，在结婚五年、生了三个小孩以后，丈夫于1930年死去，留下她一贫如洗，不得不把婴儿奥德利送给别人收养。
。可能他做的最有勇气的事，就是把只有十个月的奥德利送给汤姆叔叔和戈尔迪婶婶。汤姆叔叔是我父亲的弟弟，在铁路上有一份好工作，能使奥德利过上舒适的日子。母亲带着我和另一个妹妹前往新泽西州，投靠艾伦舅舅，做靠别人好心度日的穷亲戚。最终，他在一家洗衣店找到了工作，补缀杂货店的工作服，一周挣十美元。Mother would have liked it better if I could have grown up to be president or a rich businessman, but much as she loved me, she did not deceive herself. Before I was out of grade school, she could see I lacked the gifts for either making millions or winning the love of the crowds. After that, she began nudging me toward working with words. Words ran in her family. There seemed to be a word gene that passed down from her maternal grandfather. He was a school teacher. His daughter Lily wrote poetry, and his son Charlie became New York correspondent for the Baltimore Herald. In the turn of the century, American South, still impoverished by the Civil War, words were a way out. The most spectacular proof was my mother's first cousin Edwin. He was managing editor of the New York Times. He had travelled all over Europe, proving that words could take you to places so glorious and so far from Virginia sticks that your own king could only gape in wonder and envy. My mother often used Edwin as an example of how far a man could go without much talent. Edwin James was no smarter than anybody else, and look where he is today. My mother said and said and said again, so that I finally grew up thinking Edwin James was a dull clod who had a lucky break. Maybe she felt that way about him, but she was saying something deeper. She was telling me I didn't have to be brilliant to get where Edwin had got to. That the way to get to the top was to work, work, work. 如果我长大后能成为总统或巨商，母亲可能会更喜欢。但是，虽然她极爱我，也不至于欺骗自己。我还在小学阶段，她就看出我缺乏赚大钱和赢得众人拥戴的天赋，于是她开始促使我对文字工作发生兴趣。文字在她家一脉相承。从他的外祖父起，似乎就有文字基因代代相传。他是个中学教师，女儿露丽会写诗，儿子查理成为巴尔的摩先驱报驻纽约记者。时值新旧世纪之交，内战后的美国南部仍然贫困，文字工作倒是一条出路。一个最出色的例证就是母亲的大表兄埃德温，他是《纽约时报》的总编辑。足迹遍及全欧各地，足以证明文字工作能把一个人从弗吉尼亚州的穷乡僻壤送到如此荣耀和如此遥远的地方。亲戚们感到又惊又羡，只有目瞪口呆。我母亲常常以埃德温做例子，说明一个人即使天分不很高，也可以前程远大。埃德温·詹姆士并不比任何人聪明，可是你看他今天的地位。母亲一而再、再而三地说：“结果我长大以后，竟把埃德温看成交了好运的呆子。或许他对他真是那种看法。然而，他说那种话另有深意。他是在告诉我，达到埃德温的地位不必有过人的聪明。”
，攀上高峰的途径就是干，干，干。When my mother said that I might have the word gift, she started trying to make it grow. Though desperately poor, she signed up for a deal that supplied one volume of Ware's greatest literature every month at thirty-nine cents a book. I respected those great writers, but what I read with joy were newspapers. I lapped up every word about monstrous crimes, dreadful accidents, and hideous butcheries committed in faraway wars. Accounts of murderers dying in the electric chair fascinated me, and I kept close track of fast meals ordered by condemned men. In 1947, I graduated from Johns Hopkins and learned that the Baltimore Sun needed a police reporter. Two or three classmates at Hopkins also applied for the job. Why I was picked was a mystery. It paid thirty dollars a week. When I complained that was insulting for a college man, my mother refused to sympathize. If you work hard at this job, she said, maybe you can make something of it. Then they'll have to give you a raise. Seven years later, I was assigned by the Sun to cover the White House. For most reporters, being White House correspondent was as close to heaven as you could get. I was twenty-nine years old and puffed me with pride. I went to see Mother's delight while telling her about it. I should have known better. Well, Russell, she said, if you work hard at this White House job, you might be able to make something of yourself. Onward and upward was the course she set. Small progress was no excuse for feeling satisfied with yourself. People who stopped to pat themselves on the back didn't last long. Even if you got to the top, you'd better not take it easy. The bigger they come, the harder they fall. Was one of her favorite maxims. 当母亲看出我可能有文字天赋时，便开始着意培养。虽然穷得要命，她仍给我订了一套世界文学名著，每本三十九美分，每月一本。我尊敬那些伟大的作家，但读来兴味最浓的却是报纸。我贪婪地读着报上的每一个字，害人的犯罪行为、恐怖的意外事故，以及发生在远方战场上的野蛮屠杀。有关杀人犯死在电椅上的描述使我着迷。我还十分留意死囚们最后一餐所点的饭菜。1947年，我从约翰霍普金斯大学毕业。德西巴尔的摩太阳报需要一名采访警方新闻的记者。有两三个霍普金斯的同班同学也在申请这份工作。我为什么中选，至今仍是个谜。这工作一周薪水三十美元。当我抱怨他对一个大学毕业生简直是侮辱时，母亲没有给予丝毫同情。如果这份工作你加劲儿干，也许能干出些成就。那时他们就会给你加薪。七年后。太阳报派我跑白宫新闻，对大多数记者来说，充任白宫记者不是一步登天。我当时29岁，满身骄矜之气。我去找母亲，期望看到我报告这个消息后她的高兴劲儿。其实我早应明白，我不该抱这样的期望。好啊，罗素，他说。如果你在这份跑白宫的工作上加劲儿干，也许能搞出些成就。不断前进，不断向上，
这就是他确定的道路。小小的进展不应成为沾沾自喜的理由。停步不前、自我陶醉的人，好景不长。即使攀上高峰，你也最好不要松劲爬得越高，跌得越重，是他最喜欢的格言。During my early years in the newspaper business, I began to entertain childish fantasies of revenge against Edwin. Wouldn't it be delightful if I became such an outstanding reporter that the New York Times hired me without knowing I was related to the great Edwin? Wouldn't it be delicious if Edwin himself invited me into his huge office and said, "Tell me something about yourself, young man." What exquisite vengeance to reply! I'm the only son of your poor cousin Lucy Elizabeth Robinson. What would one day happen was right out of my wildest childhood fantasy. The New York Times did come knocking at my door, though cousin Edwin had departed by the time I arrived. Eventually, I would be offered one of the gaudiest prizes in American journalism, a column in the New York Times. It was not a column meant to convey news, but a writer's column commenting on the news by using different literary forms, essay devices, satire, burlesque, sometimes even fiction. It was proof that my mother had been absolutely right when she sized me up early in life and steered me towards literature. 进入报界的头几年，我怀有一个充满孩子气的怪念头，对表叔埃德温回敬一下。如果我作为记者的声誉如此之高，以致《纽约时报》也来聘请，却不知我和大人物爱德温是亲戚，难道不是一件乐事吗？如果爱德温本人把我请进他的大办公室，说：“谈谈你个人的情况，年轻人，岂不是格外有趣？”当我回答：“我就是你的穷表妹露西·伊丽莎白·罗宾逊唯一的儿子”，那又是多么美妙的一种回敬！一天，事情的发展竟然完全超出我那孩子气的最荒唐的幻想。《纽约时报》真的来叩门了。不过，当我应聘而至时，表叔埃德温已经离开报社。最后，他们还请我在《纽约时报》上开辟了一个专栏，这在美国新闻界是最引人注目的竞争目标之一。它不是一个传播新闻的专栏，而是作家使用各种文学形式，随笔、讽刺、打油诗，有时甚至是小说，评论时事的专栏。它证明母亲早年对我做出的估价，以及后来引导我从事文学，是十分正确的。The column won his share of medals, including a Pulitzer Prize in 1979. My mother never knew about that. The secretary of her brain had collapsed the year before, and she was in a nursing home, out of touch with life forevermore. I can only guess how she'd have responded to news of the Pulitzer. I'm pretty sure she would have said, "That's nice, buddy. It shows if you buckle down and work hard, you'll be able to make something of yourself one of these days." This article won several awards, including 但母亲永远不会知道了。此前一年，他的脑循环系统失常，住进了疗养院，从此和社会生活断了联系。我只能猜测，母亲得知我获普利策奖时的反应。我相当肯定他会说：“不错呀，孩子，这说明只要你认真干起来
，努力不懈，总有一天能干出些成就来。感谢您收听今天的美文阅读节目，您也可以通过云听 App 在线实时收听美文阅读以及轻松调频的其他节目，并随时聆听节目回放。今天的节目就到这儿，我是沈听，我们明天见。